Welcome, everyone, to another episode of DM Truth and Tech. I'm Mario Alvarado. And I'm Daniel Escalante. We are super glad you could join in on the conversation for Church Talk today. We ask that you could please subscribe and rate us and also follow us on Twitter with our Twitter handle, DM Truth Tech. Don't forget to check out our website at dmtruthtech.org, where you can find all of our podcast notes, recommendations, and any of our contact info. All right, so the church talk that we have for today, uh, it's actually a two-part again. We have another two-part episode. Mm-hmm. Um, today's part one, obviously, and then um, next uh, Thursday, we'll continue with part two. But we think it's an important one. We've mentioned it in the past also, but we think it's super important, specifically for churches. If you're a leader or if you're just a church member, you want to make a difference. Remember, this this podcast is about having conversations that, you know, that lead to change. Yes, exactly. Um, they have a purpose. It's, it's not just to, it's not, I mean, I don't want to say just to rant, <laughs> although yeah. sometimes we might rant, but yeah. I mean, the purpose is to actually talk and, and, and figure out ways in which we can make things happen for, uh, that lead to change. Um, today we want to talk about measuring success in church. Mm. And we think it's an important one. There's def- we're definitely not the first ones to tackle this um, topic. There are amounts and amounts of information, articles, books, podcasts that talk about this issue, mm-hmm. how to measure success in church. And yet, however, I think we can still add you know our point of view, and it's important because I see that in we see that in churches, um, success sometimes isn't even measured for starters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there is a mentality of you know people that say like you know, but wait, this is church. You know, why do you need to measure anything? Yeah, why is it that we can't just you know come together every week. You know, we do our thing and then we leave. You know, why why do we need like the numbers, the statistics, the logistics of it all? Um, you know, some people don't. I guess, see like the benefit to all of that. And so there's definitely a, a mentality that says, you know, we don't need to measure any, uh, any kind of like success or, you know, statistics like that. And it, it, it creates a problem. It's created a problem in, in our, in our church context. Um, and that's what we want to talk about. The other issue is that when we do measure success, I believe, and I feel that we're doing it wrong. We've done it in a way that is, not only um, problematic, but it creates, it's created issues in the long run. And I still see how many churches, uh, even conferences are still measuring success based on this system. Um, And I think we should talk about that real quick um, Mm -hmm. in today's uh, podcast. This is part one. We'll start talking also about part of the solution Mm-hmm. And then we'll continue with more solutions in the next episode of next week, next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, let's just get into it real quick. The first point what we want to we want to talk about is we usually the, the 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 system that is in for measuring success, quote unquote, in our church is really a system of numbers. It's based off of the higher the number, the more success we have. It's it's a pretty straightforward mm-hmm. system. It's a system that's used not only in churches, it's used everywhere, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like you talk to a company, they're usually looking at profit number. I mean, everyone's looking at numbers. The higher mm-hmm. the number, the better it is. That's the type of world we live in. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. More means, you know, it must be great or more is the best. The more you have, the better, you know, everything. Yeah. 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 And then that's how it goes everywhere. Right. Like it's, it's, I, mean, I remember my dad would tell me, I mean, he still believes it. Right. He says, you go to a restaurant, the more people you see there, the, you know, it's a good restaurant. If you just see like one or two people and it's a big restaurant, like I, don't even go in there. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's usually, I guess he's right. I've, I've tried that. Most of the time it's true, but mm-hmm. um, you never know, right? It's not always true. Exactly. Yeah. The thing is that in our church, let's, I mean, let's be real. It comes down to baptisms. This is what I've looked at. The reports, when you go to different places, the reports are usually about the number of baptisms. Um, I've been to several meetings, even pastoral meetings. And what people usually talk about are the numbers also. Hey, you know, this church has baptized this amount of people and Mm -hmm. we praise it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. We're not bringing that down, right? We're not saying that's evil. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to ask the question in this conversation, should that be the only way in which we measure success? Um, And if it is the only way, what are the problems with that? Exactly. Yeah, uh, we know that even in our in countries like what you know, my you know, I'm Salvadorian, and you know, your family's from Belize too, right? So, mm-hmm. like in 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 Central America, Inter America, or even other places, mm-hmm. pastors depend on the numbers to like keep their jobs. Yes, yeah, definitely. They like, may have, like quota, quotas that they have to meet, or you know, yes. like that. Yeah, bro. I mean, this is a true story. I remember that once one of our pastors told us. I mean, because I, I studied in, in Montemorelos, right? That's where yes, I did yeah. my undergrad for theology. Okay. And one of the, our teachers once told us he was a he was a president out in some conference down there. And I'm not going to say specifically where. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Where. Anyway, that's irrelevant. <laughs> the point is that he said that one of the pastors was caught that he was – he went to the cemetery and he mm-hmm. started – just writing names down from dead people and reporting them as baptisms. Oh, wow. Cooking the books. Uh, cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, it's probably not funny, but it, that's the type. And he said, you know, don't mm-hmm. do that. You know, he's like, if you're going to baptize, baptize with people. But I'm thinking, well, that's the type of pressure that you guys are putting on these people. Yeah. I'm not exactly. justifying what he did. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, I mean, this guy's, you know, job depends on whether he has numbers or not. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's not the way how you should measure success in church mm-hmm. uh, by the amount of baptisms that you do. Um, what are the problems with that? What are the problems with that? Well, you know, we're trying to talk about some of the problems. First of all, we end up settling because. Mm-hmm. If it's always about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, it could go to the extreme where people are like, you know what? It shouldn't be about the numbers. Let's just do church. Mm, what yeah. the problem with that is that it could take you to the other extreme. Yes, yeah. Of simply not caring about the numbers because it's so hard to get the numbers because it's so hard for, you know, get someone to be baptized or whatever. Um, we just settle to just do church, to just, to just I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
yeah exactly just, yeah you just kind of get into like this not, it's not so much a rut i guess it's just uh an unmotivating uh you don't you don't there's not that push you know but then at the yeah. same time then that means if nobody's getting baptized and nobody is making those important decisions um for jesus you know uh clear and simple and exactly. so uh yeah it just leaves you it just leaves like okay so are you really is that church really you know come trying to complete the mission is it or did the mission just kind of stall? You know, it just leaves you in a really weird place. Weird place. Weird place because of the number. This is another one. I don't know if you heard of, of this, but we start making excuses. So, for example, we look at mega churches, and I don't think this is correct either. I don't think we should be comparing ourselves to other churches. Mm -hmm. um, God called you to that local area, and he called you to do local ministry, right? So yes. stop comparing yourself to a huge church. You don't know, you know, their story is not your story. But a lot of times we compare ourselves to those mega churches. Some people ask themselves, why aren't we growing like them, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have other people who who are excusing themselves from, from the numbers also mm -hmm. by saying, well, you know, since we're the remnant and the remnant in the Bible is always small, um, you know, since yeah. we preach truth, people don't like truth, and over there they preach, you know, yeah, lies or they deceive people, falsehood. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we end up excusing the fact that we're not growing in numbers. Again, that's going to the other side. That's yes. going to the extreme. Um. And I've heard this many times. Right. We're like, well, you know, our church isn't going to grow like that because we preach we preach truth and people don't like to hear the truth, and we're not going to stop preaching from it. So it's okay if we only baptize one person in ten years. Um. Okay, that I can understand that. You know, we need to preach what we believe in. We preach in the gospel. That's correct. But let's not excuse either. I don't want us to go to the other side where we're saying baptisms don't matter. Exactly. No. Yeah baptisms matter mm -hmm. what we're saying here is that they shouldn't be the only way of measuring success mm -hmm. exactly it shouldn't be the only way of or the 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 only way of saying hey our church is doing good because we have the numbers or our church is doing bad because we don't have the numbers Th there are other ways that there are other factors or other elements that we need to consider to actually weight real success. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one of those could be uh, asking ourselves, well, you know, out of those people that we do baptize or that, you know, made that decision, how many of those have actually stayed committed to that decision? Right. Mm. <laughs> um, that might even be an even more important question. <laughs> we don't like talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> We don't like talking about that. You know, it's, it, I mean, I don't want to say it's all the time or everywhere, but that's a good question we have to ask. Like how that's, like you said, that's probably even more important one. How many people are actually staying? Mm -hmm. You know, it, that, because let's say your numbers are high. You baptized a thousand in a year and it's like, okay, now let's look at how many stayed. Okay. 35 of those stayed. Well, then if you measured success just by the amount that you baptized, you would say, hey, our success is great, right? We're doing great. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But now if you, may, if you ask that question that you just said, okay, but how many stayed? What would you say about, 
what how would your success look like now if only 35 stayed exactly yeah that's true it, it wouldn't look that great it wouldn't look that great now there's even more questions about that because now let's ask mm-hmm. out of those 35 that stayed how many have grown spiritually over the you know next over the year mm-hmm. yeah or how many of those 35 are active in church or volunteering in a specific ministry mm-hmm. because let's put it another way let's say that a thousand got ba- let's say that a thousand got baptized and let's say that you know 35 is way too low but let's say 500 stayed, 50% of them stayed. Mm-hmm. But out of those 500, only like 200 or 150 are active or involved in some type of ministry. Yeah. That tells you even more about your success. Mm-hmm. Because and anything, what happened? I think what, uh, sorry, I think, you know, it goes yeah. even deeper. Like it, it becomes like a reflection of your your church, you know, where you where you are as a church. Um, and I think that's kind of what makes it difficult to answer these questions is because maybe we're afraid to to see that truth. You know, when we when mm. we ask ourselves, you know, how many people are staying, you know, well, it becomes a reflection of like, well, you know, how are we um, how are we helping people that have just you know, been baptized, how are we helping them to grow? You know, are there programs available for that? Yeah. Are there classes that wow. they can get into? Are there opportunities for them to be involved uh, where they can use their gifts? And so that's where it starts to get really personal, you know, and that's where we kind of like, well, you know, maybe if we don't answer those questions, then we don't have to see. Um, but we kind of have to force ourselves to see that if we truly want to be successful and grow. Or when we do ask those questions, sometimes we'll justify them again by like, you know, oh, well, we're the remnant. Oh, well, those people left because they were never converted. Or, well, yeah. you know, you've heard stuff like that, right? Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, you know, they ne- they never truly loved Jesus. So they just left. They didn't care about the truth and stuff like that. Um, no, <laughs> it <laughs> it's the church's fault. Like, I mean, it's hard to say it, but. It's the ch- it's usually the church's fault. Now, it's diff you know because the numbers speak. If if mm-hmm. out of those thousand people, nine hundred and fifty stayed or nine hundred and eighty, then then that might tell you a little more, right? Like okay, maybe those twenty left by uh, some circumstances that w- are were out of our hands. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But if fifty over fifty percent of them left, and then. 50% of them are not even active. That that tells you about your church. And that's good information. That just tells you and gives you an idea of what you need to work on, like you said. Mm-hmm. What What is in place. But anyway, th- that's the problem. That's the issue. That's, that's yes, what we're trying yeah. to go over with right now. Yeah. That's the issue of measuring success just by the numbers. You miss out on important details that are essential to true mm-hmm. success as a church. And of course, when we talk about success, we're talking about the biblical, um, the biblical model, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in part two, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about discipleship. We're going to talk about, you know, this, their spiritual growth, how involved are they? The, the, the things that we just asked, those are factors that we need to put in to measure how success has really happened. It cannot just be how many people get baptized. We can't continue to do that. Mm-hmm. If we really want to do true success, but anyway, let's get into some of the solutions. Yes. Um, 
there is a foundational solution for this. And when we say foundational, I'm, I'm more like it's the foundation to the other solutions, right? To measure success. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for you to measure success, you need to measure it obviously to something. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. you, you need to compare it to. And we talked about don't compare yourself to like mega churches or don't compare yourself to other churches. Compare yourself to the, you know, to the biblical model. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at the when we look at the Bible, the Bible gives us a clear enough vision for us to set our vision according to our local context. Mm. So basically, the question comes in in order for you to start measuring success. Do you even have a vision to start with? Wow. Do yes. you do yeah. you even know what you want to look like in the future? And you know, a lot of people are general in answering this question. And it's okay to be general, but you need to be general, but it needs to be specific too. Because for example, what what is a vision? A vision is basically where you see yourself in the future. Or mm-hmm. what you want to be in the future. That's what a vision is. So if as a church you have not established what you want to look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, or where you want to head, what you want your church to be in your community in the future by like 10, 20 years, with whatever change that takes, um, then how do you know if you're going the right way? I mean, how do you know you're going the right way if you don't even know where you're headed? Does that make sense? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It's just like, you know, if you're using, uh, if you're, you know, planning a trip or you're going on a trip, um, you know, the way that you know that you're going the right way is that you have a destination in mind already, you know, a very clear destination. That outlines the path, what highway you're going to take, what uh, back roads if need be. Um, destination determines everything. But if you've lost your destination, if you have no destination in mind, uh, then you're just kind of wandering. You know, you're a wanderer. <laughs> and, you know, you just kind of, <laughs> you know, exploring or whatever. I don't know. But you're not really like moving anywhere, you know, not even moving with a purpose. What would be the point of a GPS if you don't put an end, ending point, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so point so why is it important to have a vision statement or a vision for your church? Because what we said, it tells you where you're headed, right? Where you mm-hmm. where you see yourself in the future. Mm-hmm. And it also tells you where you are now. Mm-hmm. Because in a GPS, right, you need to, in order to get somewhere, you need to put where you are at the moment. Exactly, yeah. So it could you take you from like- point. Yeah, you have the point where you are and then the point that you're going. It needs both A and B yep. to be able to give you any kind of information. Yep. And when you go so for example, if you if I'm I'm out here in California, I want to go to, you know, Washington, DC. I need to put that I'm in California so that the GPS can know what route to take and what route not to take. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That helps the GPS evaluate where I'm at so that it gives me the best route. Pos- the best route possible right mm-hmm. yeah um 
And a lot of churches don't like to evaluate themselves. I would see that as the evaluating part. And we talked about evaluation in past podcasts before, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to evaluate yourself and then to be able to head to, to your vision. But you need to establish a vision. Where do you want to see yourself? Um, there's the, How do you measure your success if there's nothing to measure to? Mm. Now, why is the vision thing important? Because you are going to save yourself so many headaches and so many meaningless conversation in meetings, you know, like board meetings or whatever, if you have a clear vision statement. Mm, Yes, absolutely. Because, for example, let's look at real quick examples of some vision statements, just so you guys can get an idea, and then we'll start wrapping up with, like, the the pros of this. Um, So Planet Shakers is a big church, and, and this is not for you to compare yourself to them. This is We're just looking at their vision, right? Yes. So their vision statement in there in Melbourne, a church in Melbourne, Australia, is to bring Christ to their world because, and then they they start um, quoting Isaiah. But look, their vision is to bring Christ to their world. Mm-hmm. So they're focusing on whatever they do as a church, it has to fit within this vision. They're looking at themselves in their future and they're seeing that everything that they do is bringing Christ to their world. Mm. So for example, if there's a ministry that comes and says, hey, what if we do a ministry where, you know, we just, you know, church people just get together, just church people. And just as church people, you know, we... We invest, you know, an amount, of mo- an amount of money and we're just, you know, kicking it with just church people. Well, the question yeah. would be, hey, does that does that fit our vision? Exactly. Yeah. It's not even bashing it or it doesn't say, you know, oh, that's not valid or anything. It's just asking, does that go with our vision? Pretty much. Exactly. Um, so then and the if it doesn't. Determines- mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the vision determines it, right? It, it, you, you have your exactly. you have your question before you even begin the discussion. Exactly. Yes. Your answer. Sorry, you have your answer before you finish your your because you say, "Hey, well, that doesn't really fit our vision." Um, so maybe we shouldn't even be talking about that or investing money or investing time on ministries that don't exactly. go according to our vision. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you train your members, uh, if you train, or even if you if you are a member right now. Um, train yourself that whenever you do have any ideas for things that you want to implement in your church, um, train yourself to ask yourself first, okay, what is the vision of my church? And does Mm. what I'm thinking go along with that vision? Because then that even saves you the, um, any kind of uh, discomfort or from, you know, for bringing something up and then having it be shot down pretty much. Um, Because if you go through that process first on your own, it makes it very um, it makes it very easy for you to decide if what you're bringing is even going to be valid, but at the same time, it gives you the chance to evaluate your idea in light of the mission, and maybe like tweak it or tailor it to go along with the mission first or with the vision first. Mm. Mm. Wow! Look at this one. Look at this other one. Um, this is a Glide. Pretty sure they're a church in San Francisco. Mm, okay. Their vision is to create a radically inclusive, just, and loving community, mobilized to alleviate suffering and break the cycles of poverty and marginalization. 
Wow. That's deep. Mm. So that whatever they do, whatever ministries they come up with, they have to fit into creating a radically inclusive, a just, and a loving community. Mm-hmm. So if the ministry is an exclusive ministry, it's not going to fit into this church. Exactly. If the type of ministry that they're trying to do doesn't help alleviate suffering and breaking the cycle of poverty or marginalization, it doesn't go into this church. Mm-hmm. They know what they're aiming for. They know what they want to look like. They know what they want to do, what type of church they want to be in their community. And that helps them measure. If you come a year later, you come and sit down and you evaluate, you take a look at your vision and you take a look at everything that you've done. You take to you take a look at your ministries. If they don't fit into the vision, like you said, then that's a huge help. It tells you, hey, we need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. We need to fix some things. We need to get rid of some ministries or we need to just simply, maybe maybe not even get rid of them. Maybe you need to refocus them in a different way. Sometimes not just getting rid of something. Maybe you can just refocus it. Anyway. That's true, yeah, exactly. I mean, these are just examples. There's a whole bunch of other examples of visions, but the point is, in order for to you for you to measure success, in the first you have to have a vision in line. You have mm-hmm. to know that now, and it, and it has to be clear, right? It has to be a very clear statement, just like these examples that we went over. They're very clear. As soon as you read them, you know what that church is all about. You know that the any kind of uh, activities that they're doing will go along with that vision. And so, definitely, yes. it, there's so much benefits for it to be. It just has to be super clear. It can't be vague. It can be, um, you know, it just has to be as clear and concise as possible. Yeah. Because if it's like, you know, to preach the gospel, well, I mean, how? Like, how do you want your church to look like by preaching the gospel? You know? Exactly. To be, so for example, if you're a church in the middle of somewhere, I don't know, wherever, you know, you want to be the church that preaches the gospel, you know, by having a passionate worship, by having a a passionate outreach and by having a passionate, I don't know, something, right? Yeah. So if your ministries that are coming in are, are, if your worship is not passionate, if your worship is blah, if your outreach ministry is just like, oh, let's just, you know, hand out magazines. Mm-hmm. That's not passionate. Mm-hmm. That's not fitting into your vision. So you know you have to do some reevaluating, right? Your vision exactly. sets the pace. Your vision sets to where you want to go. The problem is that a lot of churches don't have visions. Exactly. They haven't stated one. Um, but we want to say this, do it. Like if you can, please work to having a vision for your local church. It's super important. It will help you out a lot to, you know, to eventually measure success. Now, one of the super principles of, of, of leadership, and we're going to be finishing off here, um, soon, but Mm -hmm. it's to communicate the vision clearly. That's one of the big big uh, bad ones because some churches do have visions but the visions have kind of like like i've seen this happen the vision for the church is there even the vision statement except it was like voted and then it was just forgotten into the uh, into the abyss Mm -hmm. 
Mm, yes. Yeah, that like, happens a lot. Happens a lot, right? Like you'll ask, yeah. you might see the vision on the website, but the local member has no idea what the vision is or like even uh, probably even the elders don't even know what the vision is. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the point? You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whenever you do have a clear vision, uh, it's something that has to be pushed and emphasized every single week um, yes. in as many places as possible. It's just something that has to keep... Um, I, th I think I had a pastor tell me that, you know, the vision, you share it until everybody is tired of hearing it and then you share it some more. Um, yes. That's the only way that it's going to be um, ingrained into the DNA of the church. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bro, that's a good one, man. Say <laughs> yeah. it until people are tired of hearing it. And once they're tired of hearing it, say it more. Exactly. <laughs> you just have to because then it just, even if you let up for even just a little bit, like let's say you go for, you know, a couple of weeks where you don't really mention it in your worship service or something, uh, people forget. People will forget. Um, it's just the nature of it. You know, people will yes. forget and it then it just starts to fade or it starts to become something that's not as important. Um, or even you give the impression that if it's not as important to you, so it's not going to be taken as seriously by everyone else. And so you just have to keep exactly. drilling it as much as possible. Drilling it and drilling it and drilling it. Craig Groeschel, man, gives very great advice that I've taken into account since. Mm -hmm. and, and it's for leaders and for everyone. Do not assume everyone knows what is supposed to happen. Mm. Yes. And as leaders, we think that. We say it once and then we assume that, you know, people got it and we assume people know what it's all about. Yeah. If you're a leader... You cannot and should not, just do not assume everyone knows what is supposed to happen. You need to communicate as much as possible. Drill it and drill it, repeat it, repeat it, and repeat it. Make it part of people, right? And of course, this mm, isn't a yes. vision that you're just going to bring on your own. This is a vision that maybe as a church board, you need to come together and, and make it yourself, right? Yes, with, exactly. With with prayer and with everything, with your elders, and then the church as a whole has to come and and and, and just buy into the vision. It's going to help you be able to not, I mean, it's not for the purpose of measuring success, but it tells you where you want to go as a church. Exactly. Yeah. And we could probably link to some uh, recommendations and books uh, about this process of vision making because it is, it is a process. It is, it does take a church um, quite some time before they find a clear statement that they would like to make their vision. Um, so there's so many resources out there uh, for something like this that we could probably recommend and share. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to do that. We're definitely going to have to do that um, to help you guys out. Um, you know, some of the things that we've read that 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 can help out and, and just start defining your vision. And eventually you'll be able to come two years, three years, one year, I don't know how many, how much ever time you'll be able to come together and evaluate, but you'll be able, you'll, you'll have a foundation. You'll have something to look to and say, are we meeting this vision? Exactly. Yeah. You know, are our ministries in line to fulfill this vision? This is what we see ourselves doing in 10, 20 years. We see us as a passionate outreaching program the passionate disciples passionate worshipers are we really doing everything to manage this to happen if that's your vision right mm, um yes passion. Yeah. um but anyway what's your guys' story what's just what do you guys think um 
I mean, there's a lot more to talk about just just on the vision topic. But um, next week, we're going to be talking about these other points of, of ways or these other elements that and factors that you need in order to measure success. Right. It's not just about the numbers, mm-hmm. but exactly. definitely for but definitely for sure, you need to start out with with your vision, uh, your vision statement to work. Um, anyway, that's pretty much summing up our um, church talk today. Mm-hmm. We're really glad that you guys can join us. I don't know if you got anything else to say, bro. I mean, you want to close this up? Yeah, no, definitely. Just uh, those are definitely two things that we want to leave you guys with is that it's not just baptisms is not the only way that we can measure our success. Um, There are definitely other factors to consider, uh, one of which is having a clear vision. Having a clear vision will help set the tone. Um, And this is something uh, this is something I just thought of, but it's uh, having a clear vision is not just something that's limited to the church right if personally if each one of us had a vision for our lives it would make decision making so much easier uh for all so definitely give it some thought you know and then share your stories with us if you have a vision that you live by if you have a vision that you resonate with that your church has uh, adopted then definitely share that with us because we would love to hear it um and because you know it, it would help us grow as well as leaders uh, so definitely feel free to share that with us. Check, uh, Definitely check out our website. Um, all of it will be linked down below. And so thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for your support. And we look forward to uh, bringing you guys uh, another episode uh, next Tuesday and next Thursday as well. All right. Have a good weekend.